Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Oh, it's been so glorious. This is why we live here. I mean, other places are roasting. It's just hot. Others are starting to chill off almost too fast here. It just stays like this in this north north half of the country of, of Arizona for months. Really, it'll, it'll, it'll get a little chilly here around Halloween. Then it can, pops right back up and gets nice again. Then it gets chilly. Then it pops right back up. Gets really nice again till the end of the year. I mean, it's just really nice. Many times in December, the end of ha- last half of December, it starts to get yeah more chilly. Yeah, but then it's winter. You would expect that. So that's anyway. This is kind of this is kind of what we live for. Don't give up on your gardens. They are actively growing. I mean, fast. In fact, I think you could fertilize some of those peppers uh, if they're still producing tomatoes, cucumbers. Uh, I'm, I'm fertilizing my my giant pumpkins. They are getting enormous right now, and so I'm trying to encourage that last month of just pump it into them. It's so cool out right now that they can put all of their energy into that food production, into flower production, uh, because they they don't have to sweat it out in the heat. It's just the perfect temperature, perfect moisture. Uh, I did get a little hail event that caused a little issue, but it tore up some leaves, but it seems like they're they're okay, and they're coming back pretty strong. So if you got some hail damage, fertilize. It just helps them to, they're actively growing right now. And so encourage them to do that. If things are fading, pull them out of there. They're taking up too much room. They're almost competing for sunlight and food and water. So some of these plants are too big right now. So as soon as they, they get done, producing their flowers or their their fruit. You rip them out of the ground. Compost them. Get them out of there. Free up some space. You can put in your winter things. Right now, you should be planting. If you're into this, this whole sustainable thing, you have food shortage, you're growing your own, this is an opportunity right now for you to plant your cool season vegetables or your cool season herbs. This is when you plant them. So you can put in parsley right now. It will take off with growth. You can put in... Um, ca- cabbages and broccolis, Brussels sprout, uh, all that leafy type of material. If you're harvesting the flower or the foliage, typically that is going to be a cool season plant. So lettuce, the harvest, you know, broccoli is your, that's actually the, the flower. Um, cauliflower, the same way. So Brussels sprouts, you're, you're harvesting the stems. So if they typically don't have a fruit on them. Those are summer plants. And so as those summer plants fade and they stop producing, pull them out and put in your winter things. You could be harvesting easily uh, kale through, through the, through, right through winter. It's amazing. They just keep on producing, keep on growing because they like the cool. Those plants don't like the heat. They, they get bitter and they get, they get leggy. They bolt into flower. They just whine and complain about the heat. But if you put them in now, they just love, put a little dusting of snow on them. They just celebrate even more. So you've got this transition going on. A few plants, you're seeing the the fall color really show up strong. So a burning bush is just starting to show red. 
And so this will be a shrub up to about, oh, head high or so. And it is just bright, like burning, flaming red shrub. It's spectacular. Another one that's been in color for a couple weeks now, maybe 10 days or so, is, uh, is burning bush, not burning bush, amber maple. Um, what's the name of that thing? I got the Latin in my head, compact flame maple. There you go. So amber maple, flame maple. It's a shorter, it looks like a Japanese maple only. It grows better here in the mountains of Arizona. It's got a small, small maple leaf to it, but it takes the wind and the sun like a Japanese maple never dreamed of doing. So it's a far better plant out there in the yard, especially you folks out in the valley areas where that wind kind of funnels in on you. Flame maples are far better, far easier to grow than a Japanese maple. For you folks up in the pines and you just want a Japanese maple, you got some filtered, the, the trees are filtering the wind and kind of take some of that sun out. Well, the Japanese maples grow here. They do quite well. They just don't like our sun. They don't like our wind. And so you just have to kind of put them in the right place. But they've been in color too. Another one, the, the maples are starting to go right now. So you're seeing blaze maples, sensation maples, Armstrong maples, uh, Ace Rebrums, the, the, the red maples like you see in the Midwest. They're all starting to turn color. Another, literally just days, hours, they will be solid, just bright oranges, bright reds, uh, really pristine golds. They'll be really pretty. And so that, that's, this is autumn. This is when they show off. And then they'll, they'll show until we get a real heavy storm. Usually sometime next month, we'll get a, a major event, windstorm that'll kind of blow them all off. And they're just kind of naked. They're deciduous. They lose their leaves through winter. Rake them all up, compost them, play in them. We rake them up and let the dogs, our dogs have a ball and playing in the leaves. Uh, so do the grandkids. So have fun with that. So it's just kind of one of those sumacs. The, the um, uh, tiger eye sumacs and the staghorn sumacs both are in color right now. Staghorns kind of come in there about two, three weeks after the, the uh, tiger eyes. Tiger eyes are a gold sumac. Now sumacs are a, a wild native plant. Uh, there's several varieties that grow here natively. They get up about hip high. They are so tough, so easy to grow. Anyone can do it. If you're a first time gardener, start with sumacs. They're so easy. And they've got spectacular fall color. So, so uh, uh, orange is what color uh, tiger eye sumacs turn. The, um, the big staghorns, they get a quite, quite a bit larger, like 10, 12, 15 feet tall. They'll turn a bright red with a tinge of orange to them. So but both are equally hardy, equally tough. You know, it's get them up to size and then stop watering them. Just don't care for them. They'll grow even better. They're, they're that tough. A lot of those natives are sort of like that. Uh, um, gray leaf cotoneaster. Plant it. It's a native cotoneaster. It grows wild up in the Bradshaws. If you see a, a gray looking uh, type of shrub growing out while you're hiking the forest, it's got a smaller leaf than, let's say, an oak does, a scrub oak. That's going to be cotoneaster. And so, again, I'll plant that. I'll put it on the drip system kind of until it gets rooted. Till it gets up to size, just encourage, just flush the growth, push the growth on it. And then once it's to, to the size that I want, I bend that irrigation, uh, drip irrigation back, and I never care for it again. It just goes on its own. It's one of those manzanitas. You're so weak. I wouldn't even put manzanita on a drip irrigation. I would plant it right there. 
Where I want it in the yard, is we've got two or three varieties here. So there's a um, Howard McMinn, which is the big one. That gets tall, as tall as you and I. It's a big man. It's like the native one. Panchito is a new introduction. We figured out how to breed it so that we can have a shorter uh, kind of pint size manzanita. So now it only gets up to chest high, so hip to chest. Now, now it can go to almost anywhere in your yard. Sometimes above, you know, it gets up to the roof line. That's too big. And then there's the ground cover varieties. It's called Kinnikinnik or Bearberry. It's another name. It goes by several names, depending, but they all have this evergreen leaf. They all have the red bark and they all get that bell-shaped flower in the spring, usually March through April. So they're great plants, but I wouldn't put those on drip irrigation. I'd plant them, I'd give them a good, rich soil so it drains really well, and then I'd water it by hand when I remember to do it. They'll like that. They'd be perfect with that. So there's some plants that are really tough like that. They don't really show fall color, but they're just striking. I mean, they just... They glow more and more as things lose their leaves throughout the yard. The evergreens that are left become center stage and they almost glow. They show off better. This is their time to shine. Well, not quite. Another month, all the evergreens will be a time to shine. That's when your spruce trees, your pines, your, your manzanitas, your cotoneasters, your, your red tip photinias, they just show off going, hey, you haven't seen me all season, but I've been here. You've been looking at the lilacs and the crepe myrtles, but you know, I've been here all along, and now look at me. I'm beautiful right through winter. So anyway, we got a lot in store for you this week. So this is show. Let me have Lisa Waters Lane come in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Trees prefer a locally delicious plant food, and the really big trees prefer you get it from Waters Garden Center. Your plant luck changes the moment you step through the doors. You can actually feel it happening. Time slows down, your neck muscles relax, and the radio plays better music. It may look like we sell trees and shrubs, but what we really sell is the perfect day. Waters Garden Center, here in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden, they love to shop. We believe fresh air in the garden is good for you at Waters Garden Center. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about out in their gardens? And then we can share that because we all commiserate in the same neighborhood. We're all just neighbors kind of gardening. And, and we're starting to draw to a close, aren't we? So it's not it's quite. Well, but... not quite. Here we get, it's year round here. 
I'm just thinking the tomatoes. I'm tired of picking tomatoes. Of picking. My pumpkins are, I'm tired of fighting mildew. They're growing like crazy. They're, they're taking over the whole yard. The whole thing's overgrown. Oh, tomatoes, starting to get uh, beat. Yeah. The tomatoes. <laughs> so we put in four tomato plants and literally I think they've, they've taken over the entire yeah. backyard. Yeah. We have more tomatoes than ever. It's a good Anybody tomato. Anybody should be able to deal yeah. with <laughs> What do you do with a tomato that's the size of your head? I mean, just they're huge. They're, they're huge. not quite that big, but well, one they're of them bigger. Is least... They're as big as a softball. Yeah. 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 That one is huge. Yeah. Beautiful tomatoes. But wow. I did lose one. I think uh, it got some sort of disease. So we're uh, not, we don't have four anymore. Now it's just three, three but that's still more than enough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm you done. Got, I'm done. If you've got tomatoes yourself, I mean, yeah. kind of keep it going because you've oh, got yeah. it till the end of the year, middle of November. Probably another month before you really go. If you yeah. if you've if you know frost is coming and you can throw a sheet over them, you can keep it going uh, well into you know closer to winter almost. Right. So right through all of autumn, mm -hmm. you can get the, those things. Eventually, it's going to get so cold they just vaporize. No matter what you do, unless you cheat and bring them into a greenhouse or something. But <laughs> well, that's, that's not, not cheating. Well. I don't have a greenhouse. I'm jealous. <laughs> we don't have time for a greenhouse. What uh, what kind of questions are folks talking about? Sure. So Tom is in Prescott Valley. Yeah. He was looking, uh, wants to put a fall color tree in. Yeah. Wants to know what's the difference between a sensation maple yep. and an autumn blaze maple in there. Is there one that would do better out in Prescott Valley? So both of those are good choices. So so you've got several, you know, Armstrong, Sensation. Uh, Blaze, uh, uh, there's several, uh, Ace Rebrum or, or Red Maples, they're all good for Prescott Valley. They'll take that wind. Mm -hmm. Not all maples will do that. Some of those Midwestern varieties, they get torn up by that wind that you all have out there in that valley as it funnels through. They get leaf torn or leaf tattered is what we call it. But the Sensation and the Autumn Blaze, those do not. They go right through. They're, they're champions. Mm -hmm. So you'll see some, some beauties out there, some beautiful specimens. Autumn Blaze is going to be more red. Sensation is going to be more orange. You want orange or red? I'd go by that. Uh, they're both so similar. Big trees. I'd say Blaze is maybe a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. If you need a, a true shade, shade tree. Nah, they're both shade trees. <laughs> Just you're into idiosyncrasies of this whole okay. thing. It's minor stuff. They're both great trees. I would encourage you come to Waters Garden Center and get one of each because we've got them both. So here we, there you go. Would you say the sensation would be more, maybe a little more drought hardy, a little better water usage, or do you think they're the same? Yeah. So so uh, box elder. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a variation of that. So it's only going to get maybe 30 feet instead of an mm -hmm. autumn blaze, more like a maple. It's actually an acer, uh, botanical. It's actually a maple. It'll get up to 35, 40 feet. So it's a little bit bigger, but still you're above, I mean, you're way above roof line for yeah. both of them. Mm -hmm. um, they both have really deep root structures. So that's good. The box elders generally you'll find does well in clay soils, or you'll see them now towards natively running through, let's say, the washes and stuff. So mm -hmm. they'll take that clay soil. But we had some beautiful autumn blaze in our first house in Prescott oh, yeah. Valley. Okay. They weren't that they were easy to grow. Mm -hmm. Now they're ginormous. Yes. Okay. So pick the one you like. Pick the one you like. They'll call <laughs> to you. Come in. I'd say peruse the line and, and yeah. they'll they'll kind of call to you. Your plants mm -hmm. actually connect with people. It's amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Next question is from Shannon in Prescott. She has tea roses that have yellowing leaves with black spots Oops. on them. Yeah. Wants to know, should she just trim them back or do they need to be treated? Oh, no, How you got to treat those. That, that's, a, that's a serious deal. So that can kill your plant. So it's called black spot. Roses, it's, we generally don't see a lot of this, but during wet years, mm -hmm. which this has been a wet year, you're seeing black spot. Now, usually you see mildews and curls and shot holes and stuff. Right. This year, we got a little bit of black spot. It should be easy to correct. Eventually, we're going to run out of this monsoon. It's going to dry out. But in the interim, there's two things you really have to do. Well, three, maybe four. <laughs> so, so spray it right away with copper fungicide. This is there's a there's a anti spotting spray. It's very inexpensive. I would coat that entire thing till it's dripping wet. I would do that maybe again in another couple of weeks. And I would write it out through winter that way. And eventually it's going to, by the end of the year, it's going to defoliate. They are deciduous. They're going to lose their leaves. Um, it's going to be important that you clean up all of those spotted leaves because they are tainted. They're diseased. Mm -hmm. So it'll come right back next spring and jump. A bird will be down there pecking around for worms. It'll jump back on the rows and instantly it's, on your next year's rose bush. So right. clean up, cleanliness is next to godliness as far as roses go. It'll be important. Prune it back hard in March. Don't do it too early. You don't prune roses back early here. We, we wait uh, through, 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 well, until March. Mm -hmm. So you'll be tempted to prune it back earlier, but just, just wait. Prune it back real hard. And then the, the second thing you do, spray it, water it normally. Um, the second thing's gonna be Fertilize. Fertilize your roses, and that will set the stage. After you get done cutting that thing back in March, it will come back with a vengeance. It'll be clean. It'll be new. It'll be beautiful and probably have some of the best blooms you've had mm -hmm. in several years. So you're saying fall fertilize? or Fall fertilize. fertilize. Yeah, right now. Okay. Fertilize right now. Fertilize and spray with copper fungicide. Fertilize with the all-purpose food right now. In the spring for that, spray it again just just in case right. you missed something, you're going to have a little leftover. Spray, spray it again. It yeah. can only help, can't hurt. And then fertilize it again. And I, in the spring, I use our roses. There's some aphids and thrip issues. We use a, a rose food with systemic. Mm -hmm. So that first set of buds are loaded up with a bug repellent inside the bud. So you'll have prettier blossoms next spring. So I, I would do that. So, But right now... Mm -hmm. You're better off using the all-purpose plant food. There's an organic, right. it's more acidic. It'll help out with the plant. So come in and see us. We'll get to, we can go all the details. It's hard in two minutes over the <laughs> airwaves to share all this. So Shannon, yeah. come see us. All right. Okay. Next question is from Dave in Prescott. He has a lot of native manzanita on his property. Right. His question is, parts of the manzanita are dying back or showing death, different limbs through it. Wants to know why it would do that. Yeah. And then should he cut those out or how do you handle that? So, so yeah, manzanita are notorious for having stems break out. Just kind of, they'll, they'll, they'll die back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. I think mainly <laughs> because they're short-lived. They're not, they don't live forever. They're not like a bristlecone pine or, you know, yeah. ginkgo trees that live for 2000 years. These are very short-lived and they tend to choke each other out. They're growing clusters and they tend to kind of compete for all the resources. And then they'll just kind of go, ah, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. I'll let you go, Fred. You, you take over and <laughs> take it from here. I'm going to die out. Mm -hmm. So anytime you see dead wood, cut it out. 
on any tree, but especially manzanita, just cut it back. If it looks deformed when you get all done, take the whole plant out. I mean, just let, because <laughs> the other, I mean, sometimes it, the die, the middle dies out. It yeah. looks kind of funky. funky. Just take the whole thing out. And the other one next to it will just take over with a vengeance. Again, they're competing for limited, limited resources. They've got very aggressive roots. And that's why they're, they're, they're showing that stress. They're not live, they don't live long. If they get any age on them and any stress, they just go, I'm checking out. That's mm -hmm. it. So manzanita, pretty common with that. It's too easy. We've got manzanitas here. You can, you can put another one in for 30, 40 bucks and start <laughs> over and you're good for another 20 years. But cleanup is probably good for those. Okay. Great questions this week. So we are out of time. Thank you, Lisa. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners will be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters' October companion plants that grow well together are Blaze Maple, Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, and Glamour Kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than Waters' Glamour Kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe small business can win against impersonal box stores at Waters Garden Center. Bring us the best time to be outdoors, garden, and create a personal oasis in your yard. If you don't know where to start, Waters Personal Garden Service allows you to book an hour of one-on-one -on -one time with an expert without the crowds. It's easy by phone or through our website. No lines, no waiting. Purchase a $200 gift card and we'll line you up with one of Waters' private gardeners. You're going to love your yard again. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott or at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So there's one problem that I'm struggling with. In my own garden, I've been struggling for maybe a month. Something it seems to be getting worse, and I keep fighting it. And I'm on top of it, but man, I thought it would go away. But it's because of all the rain, the humidity, the moisture that we've had. Powdery mildew is just getting on things like I've never seen. So it's on euonymus, an evergreen shrub, your broadleaf evergreens, like uh, um, euonymus, red tipotinias. They're all prone to it. So if you'll see white spots on top of the foliage, that's powdery mildew. I get them on my squash. Um, what else? Uh, uh, pumpkins. They're just notorious. And so they're starting to cover. In fact, if you leave them alone, this, this disease will actually kill the plant. It totally shuts down production. So a, a plant that has powdery mildew on it will stop blooming, say on roses or your zinnias. If your pumpkins have, or your squash have powdery mildew, the mildew actually covers the, the leaf with white powder so that it stops photosynthesis so it can't create the sugars to make all the fruit. And so you need to get on this. And so what I've been doing is I'm spraying about every couple of weeks, every 10, 14 days, 
seems like that's my rhythm right now for the last, I'm going to spray them again this weekend. It'll be my third spray. I'm starting to get ahead of it, but I'll take copper fungicide. There's a, there's, copper is notorious for eliminating um, disease issues in the garden. It's completely organic too. So that's the beauty of it. So I can spray it on my tomatoes or my cucumbers that have powdery mildew, and I don't have to worry about chemicals all over and how to wash them, how many days until you can you can spray up to the day of harvest, and it's completely organic, safe for you, your pets, the birds, all that kind of stuff. So you spray the foliage and really focus in on where this white material is starting to gather up on the foliage. It's best if you can catch it early. So once the plant is completely white, oh my gosh, it's you're almost waiting till winter. You just let it go too long. It would definitely be worthwhile hitting it with copper fungicide, but if you can catch it while the while the euonymus or the cotoneasters have just a few white spots where it's generally going to be where it's cool, it's shaded, a lot of times where it doesn't get the airflow that maybe so you won't see it on the top of the plant or the front. It'll be back behind, back towards the house, back where other plants are, where it doesn't get as much airflow. That's where you see mildews and leaf spots. That's where disease kind of shows up. And so it's sort of like a, a variation of athlete's foot of the foliage kind of thing. So, and it just, it'll kill the cells in that plant. It keeps it from, from doing what it needs to do, photosynthesis. And so it just shut, the plant starts to shut down. If left unchecked, it'll actually kill it. So you kind of want to get on this. Don't let it go. Don't go, oh, winter's coming. I'm just going to, I'll wait until then. Now nah, you, you probably do want to spray this right now. And what I'm going to do by the, by the end of the month, I'll fertilize everything in the yard with all-purpose plant food. That'll help it set the stage for new buds. It'll recover from the damage that might have happened. And then I'll, I'm spraying actively, trying to take advantage of this where the plants are actively growing right now. And so I'm spraying copper fung fungicide, I would say at least twice, hit it once. If you see it comes in a ready to use, comes in a, I've got a tank sprayer. I just kind of pump it up and spray it till it's dripping wet. Try to focus on the, the underneath side of the foliage. That seems to be where the spores kind of hang out the most. Of course, it's most protected. It's out of the sun. The bottom of the leaves have less wind exposure. It's trying to protect itself and grow on your plant and then eat it from the bottom and the inside out. And so you try to focus in on that, on the bottom side of the foliage, and then you'll naturally get some of the top growth that you see as well. Spray it now, and then spray it again in like 10 days. You'll never get it all with one spraying. So I'll generally try to follow up in 10, 14 days. Whenever I've got a nice day off, I wanna go putz around the yard. And then that should take care of it. Again, I've, I think I'm going to have to spray. I've almost got it. I'm going to have to spray a third time, I think, just to make sure I don't want those spores to winter over with me. And then this winter, I'll actually clean up really well. Where those, those areas that have the garden that had powdery mildew or had some issues, I'll try to rotate my crops, plant those squash in a different part of the gardens, and then I'll, I, I won't compost those diseased leaves. I throw those away or add them to the burn pile. Get them off your property. Um, and then I'll, I'll just kind of keep everything as clean as I can. You're not really spraying the, the soil. You're spraying the actual plant. These, these powdery mildew feeds off the tissue 
of the actual plant itself. So focus in on that. So just, it's been a concern of mine. I've been fighting. I hope you don't have it, but we've had so much moisture. It seems to be rampant in the neighborhoods right now. So just kind of put it on your, putting it out there just so you see it, you know what to look for, but any kind of waiting, white spots, white leaves, white coating. It can be almost look almost off gray sometimes. You go, no, it, that plant had such a sheen to it. I wonder what's going on. You look close and it's got this white kind of texture to it that is taking that sheen off. And that's powdery mildew. I'm going to fertilize with the all-purpose plant food. I'm spraying it at least a couple times with copper fungicide, and that ought to knock it right out. And you won't see it back next year because it won't be as wet. So it'll be something different next year. Oh, we should cover grasshoppers. Oh my gosh, we're out of time. Let me let me go to a commercial break. Be right back. We'll cover some more important garden tips after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Water's red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Water's native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Water's Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. We believe butterflies are magic in the garden at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes back each week, and this is her segment, her part of the show. I wonder, I wish you'd take on more of the show. I wish you'd do the whole hour with me. It'd be way more fun for me and way more entertaining for uh, the audience. I think I think two segments is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have enough words for, <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> It can't get a check. can be a little bit of a challenge, but you know, once you get in a role, you just kind of go, you know, brain just starts walking through going, who have I helped this week? What have they been asking? What am I going? I just answer those. Mm-hmm. And then it fills up an hour pretty quick. Of course, this is what we do for a living. We just go out on the sales floor and we talk to folks about gardening and what we're seeing, what other people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And here's a brand new plant that just came off the truck. Hey, are you interested? Mm-hmm. So that's usually the most inspiring kind of, oh, kind yeah. of plants. So. It's, it's funny, you know, some people come in, they know exactly what they yeah, want. It's true. They show it, they throw it on a cart, they're out of here. Yeah. Other people, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too. You know, yeah. I love it when people come in with their pictures or their design ideas yeah. and, and helping them fulfill that. That's, that's fun. You know, I've, I've seen quite a few folks because the weather has been so basically glorious. Yes. Uh, all the last week or two. And so people are coming in. For no other reason, just to come in. They have no plan. They may or may not buy a plant. They're just here to enjoy and look and see. Yeah. They're shopping plants at the garden center. Oh, and yeah. So it's just kind of it's kind of fun to see folks unhurried, yeah, relaxing Enjoying at your, the at weather. your place. That's unusual yeah. for a retail place right. to have people do that. Mm-hmm. And we're nice enough. You know, you go to a, a wholesale or, or a, a grower, just mud pit. You're, you're tiptoeing around sinkholes and trying not to lose your dog or kids in the in the 
retention pond because right. who knows what's in there. Um, <laughs> anyway, just, this is way nicer. Yes. It's cooler. It's not messy. So No. Yeah. We go get a coffee and come on in. So uh, what do you got for us this week? Now that you mentioned coffee, I just want to call You want a coffee? coffee? <laughs> <laughs> a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, that would be really good. I also like mocha, especially Mexican mochas. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Pretty good. Okay. We're not going to talk about that. So this week, we are getting, we get one shipment of year of yeah. these, and we are getting them this week. Nice. Camellias. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So they only come this time of year. We don't get them in the right. spring. We don't get them People in the People don't summer. understand that. They don't understand crop rotations right. and law ag laws between mm -hmm. inter, inter, interstate. <laughs> it just gets really weird. It does. So... <laughs> Because they have to be shipped on their own truck right. without other stuff. So we get them one time a year. And the other thing about the camellias we get, they're actually zoned for us in our quad city area. Yeah. So they are actually a zone six to, I wrote it down, six to 10 is the USDA zone for these particular camellias. Yeah. It's Monrovia's Spring Promise series. No, Ice Angel series. Yeah. Is what they call it. So a lot of your camellias, those of you that had beautiful camellias in California or on the east, the south, a lot of those don't grow here. Yeah, they, they don't. don't like our cold. Yeah. And they will just freeze out. But these take the cold. They take our heat. What they don't take is our sun. <laughs> yeah, they'll take quite a bit, so, but they at that midday in June, it's really yeah. hard on them. So more northeast, east exposures. Yeah. under pine trees where they're getting filtered light. Yeah, they just can't be out in that perfect. full hot sun. In a container. Yes. Beautiful green. We should explain what camellias is because the Californians know what camellias are. They're famous over there, mm -hmm. but you know, only half the audience is from California. The other <laughs> half is from everywhere else. And so the Midwest folks are going, what's this camellia thing you're yeah, talking I about? I don't understand. Green. It's a beautiful evergreen shrub, glossy green leaves. Mm -hmm. I mean, just it's it's evergreen. It holds them year round. Yeah. And then it's a winter bloomer. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're very early spring. spring. So yeah. it's forming buds. So you'll see them come in this week. They will, they'll be loaded with buds, mm -hmm. much like a, a rhododendron mm -hmm. or an evergreen mm -hmm. azalea. They look, sort of look like that. Yeah. Only these are with a bigger flower. Mm -hmm. I think they have a better fragrance to them. And they're like roadies in that they don't, they, like elk and the deer, they don't seem to eat them. Mm -hmm. So they leave them alone. So if you've got javelina and things, or the, don't worry about them. Right. They're evergreen right out there. But the, the main thing is they like regular food to get that big old flower. They'll literally have 50 flowers that are mm -hmm. the, the size of, baseballs they're huge um, so it takes a lot of energy to put that kind of flower on uh, mm -hmm. but they're just great and you you get them now mm -hmm. and you plant them now mm -hmm. and they'll take our cold they go down to minus 10 degrees or some crazy cold yeah. that we'll never see uh, so it's yeah i know boy uh, anyway but yeah so the the ice angel series they come in one is the winter snowman it's a white be white one. it's mm -hmm. kind of the buds are pink but as it opens it opens oh. white really pretty it's one of the first ones to bloom so it blooms november to december okay. actually blooms a little earlier it's a winter bloomer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, april remembered which is a real soft pink uh kind of a double blossom very pretty that one's yeah, February, April? March, oh. April, somewhere April remembered. In there. Seems like it should open in April. I don't know. I the name's full. full. Yeah, I'm sure there. it is. I'm sure. And the other one is Spring's Promise, which is a dark pink. Yeah. 
Almost so, red. Right. Watermelon. So, so yeah, that's a good there you go. So those are the three that we get that are winter hardy for here. Like you said, grow nicely in containers. Uh, great for those eastern exposures, under trees, filtered light. Yeah. Yeah, we had a hedgerow of those down in Skull Valley at the base of the, the screened-in patio. It grew up to about four feet solid. Mm -hmm. And again, it was right there where all the animals, right there in Kirkland Creek where the animals were everywhere. <laughs> they seemed to leave them alone. So yeah. it was, it's, it's a great plant for here. And mm -hmm. we'll have, I don't know, what's 50, 100 of them, whatever, however many we have. Mm -hmm. That's all we get. And then when we're out, we'll be out by spring for sure. Yes. And so we yes. try to guesstimate correctly. Mm -hmm. But then, then there's no more until the following fall right. is when we get the next So load. don't come in and at the end of May and happen. go, can I get some camellias? Yeah. No. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a few folks. They've been planning so well. They, their house is just completed. Uh -huh. And so they've been planning. They're, they're gardeners. They've been coming to classes. Mm -hmm. They've got their checklist. They're going, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to plant right now. Fall is the best time to plant. I'm going, you're right. Fall is a great time to plant. But I want it. I want to create myrtles and I want uh, lilacs and I want all these other things they've been seeing. I'm going, well, those things aren't available in the fall. Only the fall things are available <laughs> in the fall. The spring things will be here in a few months. That's so right. you I, can't get pumpkin lattes in yeah, May. You can just not. <laughs> so you don't nope. have everything when you want. Yeah. So I said, just kind of get, get what you can. Go for the burning bushes. Yeah. Get your maples. Get your catonias, your evergreens. There's tons. We just had another truckload of evergreen you know, shrubs and trees right. come in. Plant those things and leave. And fill in later. Yeah, fill in when you see them coming. So we'll start shipping the spring stuff. Mm -hmm. Whenever the weather breaks in January, February, that's when we start to ship those things out. So Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was light. So speaking of fall things, so I've been kind of, some of our summer pots that we've had the annuals in, they're just looking a little tired. Yeah. So uh, I've been putting combos together that I want to replant. And I wanted to show a couple so oh she's God. reaching behind her. Just bear with her. She's away from the microphone Sorry. for just a second. So there you go. So I'm going to need your assistance. Got it. I, I love being your assistant. The combo. Oh, so this is great. This is a new hookra that we got in. This is uh, one of the pansies. I forget its name. It is a Delta Fire. Delta Fire. It's a it's a mammoth pansy. It's, mm -hmm. got, it's bigger than a silver dollar. It's huge. Right. And this it is a, so um, a red lightning hookra. It has like the veins in it are a real dark red, and it just looks so pretty with yeah, this. Good, great contrast. And then I thought, eh, throw a red mum in there. Isn't that Beautiful. gorgeous? This is where it pays to be watched, listening to this by, by the vlog, the video piece. Right. The radio folks are going, huh? What are they talking about? <laughs> you should come in and take a look at these. They're beautiful. But hookah is a perennial. The mm -hmm. mums are a perennial. The pansies think they're a perennial through winter, and right. then finally they kind of poop out a little bit mm -hmm. in summer. But these guys will look fantastic a right through winter. Beautiful little pot by your front door. It'd be gorgeous. So, so I see you see time. more, but you're already, you talked about camellias too long. I did. You're 10 minutes in and then we're out of time. Happens. You have to come back and talk about it some more. Come see Lisa here this week. And so I'll hand yeah. these things back to okay. you. Uh, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. 
Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side by side. Waters hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, Welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let me just cover plant foods, fertilizers, manures. What's the difference and what's the terminology and why? what are people talking about? So, and then you got synthetics, you got organics. Oh my gosh, it gets so confusing. Plants, basically, they're just like you and I. They like a good steak and potato sometimes. They want to have cream brulee after dinner. They want to sip a glass of wine while they're having a fine meal. And sometimes they just want an ice cream cone or a Snickers bar. And so they've got their different moods. And you got to know, I mean, literally they're not eating steak and potatoes, but certain plant foods act like that. They respond in the same way. I want a big hearty meal. Or I've been growing like crazy. I'm tired. I need some more carbs. The plants are like that. And so certain fertilizers will, will, will react with the plant that way. They'll pick it up that way. And so if you know what to do. Uh, first of all, let's cover synthetics and organics. That's the easiest one. Synthetics are made out of oil. Car- carbon's made from petroleum-based products. And so you should not be using synthetics. It's not good for your plants. It burns out your, your worm. If you wonder why you've never seen worms, because you're using synthetic foods. They just kind of, they're a quick hit. The plant absorbs it really fast, and then it's gone just as fast. So within three, four weeks at most, a chemical fertilizer is gone. These are your Scott's Turf Builders, Ortho, whatever, Peters. There's all these different synthetics. You'll see them at the box stores. I, also, we, in the, in the mountains of Arizona, we are drinking groundwater. And so if some of these synthetics, if they release too fast with a rainstorm, they get picked up, they go down, they go downstream, they get chucked into the water table. We literally, we can poison ourselves. If you're on a well, for sure, do not use synthetics. It's not good for you. Use organic fertilizers. Organics, what they are, they're typically plant-based, mineral-based fertilizers. So they're not chemicals. They're getting it from bone meal, blood meal, feather meal, different meals, but typically cottonseed meal, a bird guano, uh, these kinds of things. These are all organics. And then they can put some minerals in there like sulfur and iron, magnesium. These are all minor trace elements. Generally, you you can't really call that organic by technical, but you can call it all natural because these are natural minerals. Uh, So that's, I would say, use organic or natural fertilizers. Generally, they're going to be lower in number. So a um, a 20-20-20 
fertilizer. 2100. These are chemical fertilizers. The numbers are really high. They have to be because they're releasing so fast, most of it's going to be gone. And so they'll overcompensate by putting more of it in there. Organics break down slower. And so they're, they're, every time you water or snow or, or rain hits this fertilizer, it's going to break down a little bit over a very long period of time. Typically, two, three months it's going to take a good, uh, balanced, organic fertilizer to break down. And so some things like bone meal, bone meal, you're putting down this year for next year's growth. I mean, it's, it, bone takes a long time. Typically, it's chicken bone. They'll grind it up and pulverize it. But it's not going to release very quickly. It's got to be there for a long time. Got to be real consistent with it over, over, over seasons to really have it be effective. Or typically, if you read the book, organic books, magazines, they're telling you put the bone meal just underneath the roots. So the roots are literally growing through the bone meal to pick up the, the potassium and the calcium in this. So organic is going to break down slower is mainly the point. And they don't wash away. So they're not going to liquefy in a rainstorm. Just all of a sudden, like you, know, you had some fertilizer there, and the next moment, next rainstorm, yeah, it's all gone. That's what happens with your chemical fertilizers. And then it's, it releases so fast, it burns off your mycorrhizal colonies, your, your, your worms, the beneficial things that are living in your soil, it burns those things. So many times your, your, your plants are living in a sterile environment which they want to have the soil to be active and alive and growing. They, there's, some, there's some things that happen underneath. There's some symbiotic things that happen in the ground. Like with mycorrhizal colonies, they attach themselves to the roots and they extend out the roots and they help the plant pick up more food and nutrients and water. There's a lot of good things that happen. But chemicals kind of burn that stuff off, especially in real heavy clay soils. It's even more damaging. So use organics. So we make, I make two organic foods here at the garden center for, for me because I like foods. I like the, to think through the chemistry of plant foods. And plus I hang out with really smart farmers. They just know stuff. It's amazing just to, hey, could you share that recipe with it? And they just share. Yeah, here, you got to put this, this part. This, the fertilizer is kind of like a cookie recipe. You got to have so much of this and so much of that. And then the plant just responds to it. And so they'll share that recipe and then I bag it up and then you get to use it here in the garden center. So I, I hung out with some of my um, uh, tomato, cotton, um, so, so the, the Yuma lettuce farmers, that kind of stuff, the, 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 the more of the, the, the produce side of agriculture. And so I've got a vegetable, fruit tree and vegetable mix, all organic, pelletized. And then we bumped up the calcium. So it's 6447. So 6% is nitrogen, it's main, mainly for manures, uh, bird guano. And then it's got 4% phosphorus and 4% potassium. So that's, uh, that's flower and fruit growth and that's stem sturdiness, uh, the thickness of the, of the foliage cells. Uh, those are all, that's how that works. So 644. And then it's got 7% calcium. Calcium is what prevents blossom end rot. It's what increases the, the size of the fruits. The flavor comes out of in apples, peaches, cucumbers when you have a lot of calcium. So calcium's really important. And we have a lack of that. In, in northern Arizona, there's a lack of calcium in our, in our gardens. So we just made a fertilizer for us that, that does that for fruit trees, grapes, berries, all your vegetable stuff. It's really good for that. 
I made a all-purpose plant food, which is kind of a generic. It could be used for, for edibles. It's cottonseed meal. That's going to really up the size of your, let's say, roses. Your lilacs are going to be the most fragrant they've ever been with cottonseed meal. And it's got some bird guano and some iron and sulfur. So I'm trying to there, I know that you're dealing with very alkaline gardens. So I was trying to use cottonseed meal, which is very acidic, and sulfur, very acidic. So I'm bringing the pH down with this fertilizer and it's organic. It breaks down for over a very long period of time. Again, granulized. So you spread it around by hand or in a, in a hand spreader is what I do. Just chuck it around the yard and then the plants will pick it up over the next several months. So those are the two granular foods that we, we use here. In addition, I'm doing my entire yard with those two things right now. So just before Halloween, doing it, I mean right now. My evergreens, if you've got, let's say, Colorado blue spruce or blue Arizona cypress, blue junipers, if your plants have some blue in them, that is really a, a mineral the plant picks up. It's aluminum. So for those plants, I want to really have glow for the, for the holidays. I want to put twinkle lights on them and just, they want to, I want that plant to reflect that light off in this bright silvery blue color. In addition to the all-purpose plant food, that's 744, I'll also put a handful of aluminum sulfate. It's a separate mineral, lowers the pH, so things that like acid, like, like pine trees, hydrangeas, rhododendrons, they're going to love this stuff. But really, I also want that aluminum in there so it brings out that bright foliage. If you don't do that, what will happen is your Colorado blue spruce, and in two or three years, will be Colorado green spruce. They've run out of that mineral, and so it's a little kind of insider tip on how do I make my you know, Wichita blue junipers really glow better than anyone else. Well, just a little bit of care it goes a long ways. Anything stressed at all, if you've got spotting, mildew, grasshoppers have eaten the foliage off of this thing, if it's just struggling, it hasn't grown like I'm used to, I would give those things that the all-purpose plant food, the aluminum sulfate, I would give mainly to evergreens. They benefit from that. Everything can like it, but the evergreens really benefit from it. But things that are stressed, whether it's a shrub, a tree, whatever, a lawn, um, I would give it humic, H-U-M-I-C, humic, it's humic acid. This actually feeds the soil so the plants, so the worms come back. It reintroduces mycorrhizal colonies. It brings back all the beneficial, the good stuff in the soil so the plants go, whoa, well, I don't know what's going on, but I, it's got to be a good place to grow. I'm going to root out here. So I think it kind of, it gets the plants to start to kind of tickles their feet so they start to grow and root out better, stronger. Get more root structure on a stressed out plant, it just grows better. And so I would fertilize it and I would humic both. I would do both. So at the same time, doesn't matter which one goes down first, just get them both. It'll make a big difference on how they winter over and how they grow next year. And there you go, there. That's, that's the one, two, threes of plant foods from the mountains of Arizona. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Red Fox Sedge. 
Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa here with the finds of the week and our Ascot Rainbow Euphorbia. Deer don't like this beautiful perennial. Rabbits loathe the milky sap. And javelina, leave it alone. This evergreen flower is adorned by leaves and gilded edges of gold. Simply stunning and thrives in the dry hot spaces in the garden all for under $12. Plant this one in beds, street side landscapes, and containers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love evergreen flowers, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. You know, I mentioned fertilizers, plant foods. I've got a handout at the garden center. It's free. It's one page. It tells you all I just explained in 10 minutes. It does it in 500 words or less. One, one garden article. Uh, probably would be really helpful. Ask for it. Get, come in and it's free. We'll walk you through that whole process. If you missed a step, come talk to us. We'll, we'll walk you right through. We want you to be successful with your plants and we know which products work the best. Right now, your most important feeding of the entire year is, is Halloween. If you're thinking in terms of ho- really holidays, you need spring, summer, fall, winter. Okay, that's when you need to fertilize. You're fertilized more often here than you do other parts of the country. So uh, spring is going to be your, think, think of Easter, if you're thinking holidays. Summer is going to be 4th of July. You can fertilize right then. That's right when the monsoon rains typically show up right about then. The most important feeding for anything that blooms in the spring are fruits, like fruit trees, flowering trees like red buds. Uh, lilacs, your flowering shrubs like forsythia, they're going to benefit from that Halloween fertilizing. And then evergreens, I think, tremendously benefits from New Year's New Year's fertilizing. So they tend to get this winter chlorosis. They get off. They get this yellow coat kind of color to them. That New Year's fertilizing with the all-purpose food totally gets rid of all that deep, rich green. So again, Easter, 4th of July, Halloween, and, and New Year's. And, and that handout has got there, got that on there. So it tells you when to do it and what to do at, at each of those seasons. So it's meant, meant to really be a help. So main thing is put it on your radar. You should be fertilizing your landscape, especially you folks have new landscapes. Oh, those plants need to root out and grow some more. They'll, you'll set the stage for next spring's much better growth by fertilizing them right now. We've got a garden class coming up this week. Uh, today, or this weekend, it's... Is fall containers. I think Lisa's going to teach that one. Kind of what can you put together that just looks good and shines through the rest of the, through the cold season to come? What takes that? And so what are the combos that grow well together? And then what kind of pots? What kind of soil? How, how do you do all that? Next week, the 22nd, it's on cactus and succulents. We've got some new succulents in, some, some uh, hardy varieties, some new cacti. In that are new varieties. I'm sure we'll introduce magaves and, and yuccas, that kind of stuff. They all kind of go together, that southwest hardy 
cactus mix. If you want to know how to grow those, how to plant one. How do you plant a cactus? It's all prickly and thorns. How do you process it? We'll go over that. And then uh, the showy shrubs of autumn. That's going to be the last Saturday in October, the 29th. We'll go over burning bush. We'll go over flame maples and all the others that just are glorious right now. Uh, what do you do with them? How do you plant them? And why would you want one in your yard? You need that representation, that fall autumn color. This is when they really shine. And so some are better than others. And so we'll go over all of those. So take a look at all those at watersgardencenter.com. It's, it's a, there's a big button that says classes right there. If ever you need homework, or, or not homework, that's a bad word. If you want to do your research <laughs> about that, uh, Waters Garden Center, there's a shop button at the top. And as plants, so we've gotten two big truckloads of plants in this week. Before they're even in stock, we hit the, we hit the upload to our shopping cart button. And while they're still being counted at the back dock, uh, you, you can see what's coming in. So that's our shopping carts right there. So it says, or if you want a shortcut, go to top 10 plants, top the number 10 plants.com takes you right to that online garden center. We don't deliver nationally. If you're tuned in from wherever, we're not coming to you. This is for locals only. So if you want to see what's here at the garden center before you head across town, it's right there. If you want to see how much pray, how much it is, what size it is, how tall it is, how it takes our wind, our shade. We try to get how much water it takes. And, and it's, it's our, it's how it grows here. How tall will it grow here? Not the national, not somewhere else. How does it grow? How much wind does it take here in the mountains of Arizona? We're trying to be very specific for those plants. And it is different. Plants don't grow as tall here because the alkalinity, they don't, they, they tend to be, the wind can stunt them some. So we're putting that size or that width on those plants. It's a great place to research. If you want, you can buy them online or most, po most folks head across town. You go, yep, I'm here to pick up one of those. Here, here they are, here you go. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camped out here at Waters Gardens and we love talking to fans. You're listening to You're local, listening garden to local garden and Ken Lay. The order of Waters Garden Center. Who can be found throughout the week Waters Garden Center. Located, located, located in Prescott, Prescott 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to the Mountain Garden. Waters Garden Waters Companion Pants September, September, Raywood Ash, Russian Sage, Honeysuckle, Ivory Feathers, Pampas Grass. Ivory Feathers is a dwarf Pampas Grass that blends the desert landscapes. The Ivory Plumes reach overhead high for architectural styles, patios, and ponds. Well-suited visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in store online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe we believe these are bees are in danger. We can save we can save at Waters Garden, at Waters Garden Center. Center. I hate we hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing. So refreshing landscape, comes, landscape alive. comes alive. But so, but do, so my do my weeds. weeds. Stop weeds Stop in their weeds track. In their in track. One, simple one simple step. step. Waters weed Waters grass weed grass spreads like fertilizer. Spreads like fertilizer. Kills weeds before monsoon allow them to sprout. them to sprout. No need to weed. No need to weed. It's safe for trees. Even flower beds. Flower beds. So much so much toxic waste. The big box the big Weed and grass. Weed and grass. It's just twenty four dollars. And only found, only found. Waters Garden, Waters Garden in, Center Prescott. in Prescott. You've tuned in to the Mountain Garden, 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 Garden Expert Ken Lane. Join him each Join week as he answers the answer garden questions that are sure to make a dear garden your garden. Now welcome your host, your host, Ken Lane.